Alrighty, welcome to the Creedcast. I'm going to do a little review of last week's game as well as just chat my quick thoughts about uh, what's going to happen tonight um, against St Kilda Saints. Big Friday night matchup for us. Apologies, this one's a little bit late. Um, I mean, I just had a busy, busy weekend and busy week. I only finally watched the first half of the West Coast game actually this morning here. Uh, I watched the second half of it standing in line for a midnight showing of Kill Bill Volume 2 at the New Beverly Cinema here in LA. Uh, we uh, watched one movie there and then got out and got back in line for the next one. Um, it was just it was like an hour in line, so I was able to watch the second half. So I kind of caught that and got the gist of that, but I hadn't watched um, the first half yet until today when I finally had a chance. It's been a bit of a busy week with a few family things going on and whatever. So um, yeah, but I'm excited to talk about it. Uh, it was an interesting match. Um, it was kind of uh, it's kind of one of those classic kind of port matches over the past few years where we, we know exactly what like you know it finishes up and you just know it's a clinical port win they've won by 40 points against a team that they should beat and all day they look like they were going to beat them um even in that first quarter you know the eagles are eagles were plucky all day um particularly in that first quarter they kind of held up all right um i got to go back and you know they're only down by five points um at quarter time but you just felt that Port always had the gears to move through uh, in in within the game um, at certain points. Game management, you know, the, you know, teams just have gears that they know they can move through. Whereas the Eagles, unfortunately, just with their injuries and just where they are in their list list profile at the moment, just they had to rely on that pluckiness, that uh, that pressure. And and you know, at one point, I think in the, when I was watching the replay this morning, they brought up the pressure gauge thing. Which I'd still, I'd love to actually have a sit down about and work out how they figure that out. I know there's certain metrics they're plugging into that, and I get it, but I just, I always find it fascinating when that pops up because it's such an interesting statistic, um, which all comes down to modern analytics, I'm sure. Um, but West Coast's pressure was right up at the elite, like the top end of the elite level, uh, whereas Ports was just sitting right smack bang in the middle of average. So you kind of just sums it up right there and yet at that point I think Port was still 10 points up before um, you know West Coast got a goal and a point or whatever towards the end there um, so yeah it just that's kind of the uh, it's not a memorable game by any means I think a lot of people and I, I saw the general idea on, on Twitter and stuff like that afterwards was just it was just a game that you you get through and, and move on and you know it would have been nice uh, to build some percentage within the game you know that would have been great you know have an 80 90 point win and get some comfortable percentage but it doesn't always go that way it is a frustrating aspect of port at times um sometimes we do um have those games where you should be really smashing the team and you don't but you know i look back on last year our first win of the season came against west coast in more or less the corresponding fixture and we did smash them uh was it 80 or 90 points and that it was a legitimate smashing that game but we've been on five before that so, whereas this game, we go into it, we win it, and we're 4-2 after the win. So, yeah, you know, you, you you could sit there and, you know, criticize and say, oh, why can we do what we did to them last year? And then it's like, well, you know, well, at least we're, at least it's our fourth win and our third on the bounce rather than um, coming back from that horrible start to last season that we had. Football's a fucking funny game. And, you know... We, we can we we look at Port through different glasses that we look at other teams because we're you know over we overanalyze as fans and that's what we do that's part of the fun of being a fan is looking at your team far more with far more scrutiny than you would at others um, but we even look at you know Adelaide after they've had you know just an incredible result over Carlton during gather round and and you know you've got 
fucking Stephen Rowe on the radio saying, put any team in front of us and we'll beat them right now and all that stuff. And then they go down to Tassie and have a real struggle against the Hawthorne team. They should be, based on what their expectations have been over recent weeks, based off of a real good run of form, they would have been expecting to win that one by 10 goal probably. I would have... If you'd done a you know you know just a poll of random crows fans walking the street and asked them you know what parameters of win they would have had, I would have thought the average would come out to sixty points at least. And what they actually ended up requiring was like a pretty miraculous little last few minutes, um, which is you know good teams do that and they find a way to find a way to come back in those last few minutes. And and this is not me criticising Adelaide. Um, not that any of their fans going to listen to this? Who fucking cares? I still hate them. But you know you look at that as a like a as a parallel to what we, you know, this week, um, again, some of the talk on Twitter was, you know, it would have been nice to beat West Coast by more, but footy's a funny game, and sometimes a team that's down and out, um, they bring the pressure and, and, and play hard, and they and they make it tough on you, and thankfully we didn't have to deal with what Adelaide dealt with in Tassie and, and, and last gasp win, and, and probably a hell of a lot of stress. We, we essentially had the game won. Uh, by the, I think it's the three-minute mark into the third quarter, we're up by 48 points. And even at halftime, I would have said the game's won, locked away. Then you just could see that we had the we had the uh, whether or not we had the same pressure metrics. And you know, like I said, the one that they showed, it clearly wasn't. But uh, we just had the skill. Uh, we had the skill. We could work our way through a lot easier. Whereas they were basically having to rely on um, you know Jai Cully that got the Rising Star nomination this week. Um, he was. Handy and plucky up forward, and Oscar Allen was certainly a threat at all times, and he's having a good little comeback from a, a year out, apparently, last year. But just overall, um, our talent around the ground, guys like Rosie and, um, and you know, Finlayson certainly providing a point of attack, and, and Ollie Lord as well. We'll talk about Lord a bit in a sec, but you know, just overall, I, it's one of those games that we had the queue in the rack at um, you know three minutes into the third quarter. We've just kicked too quickly off, off of... Um, and, you know, the second quarter was kind of the quarter of Port Footy. You know, it was the quarter that we we stamped our authority, um, had control of the ball all around the ground. Um, you know, West Coast were making little forays, but we were defending it reasonably well. Um, despite Aaliyah, you know, Aaliyah was um, getting marked pretty hard by the umpiring. And it just shows certain games. Sometimes you just scrutinise a little bit more with your, um, you know, because a lot of defending uh, and defenders do get penalised a lot. There's a lot of 50-50 little scrimmages, I guess, especially when you're one-on-one, and that's what you that's what you'll watch with Aaliyah. Um If you watch him closely, um, you'll see, you know, he engages, he battles, and and you know, and forwards throw them off. They chop arms, and and um, you know, sometimes it's an attacking defence. Uh, but Aaliyah often is engaged in those one-on-ones where you could see. Um, and I think he gets, you know, there was a couple that were, they were just 50-50s and he got marked against it, really. And I think there was that one that was, a, that might have been on Oscar Allen where he, he kind of got given a push. And it was he was there, but you see those all, it's one of those, it's kind of like, hold, I always do NFL comparisons, but I watch a lot of NFL as well. It's kind of like holding. If you, holding's a call that happens occasionally in um, American football, but it's one of those ones that people, you know, you often hear people say, you could call holding on every play if you wanted to. It's there. But it just depends on you know how it looks to the referee, and sometimes it you know there's little pushes, pushes and shoves and holds and all sorts in a lot of um, engagements in AFL footy as well. And I just think Alir, um, you know, there was one that I I saw that he got you know you could say he got away with. It's just it's just footy. It's a fast moving game, and um, but you know we were we're getting a little bit. There was a little bit of um, kind of a little bit more scrutiny on our defense in that sense at times in this game, but. When we got things rolling and, and got that kind of defensive um, structure working all right and we were able to repel them in that th- second quarter and then go forward and, and find, find avenues to goal, um, 
and we and that's where the game was won. That's why I caveat saying this game was you know you know forgettable or a bit of a grind. It was certainly a grind to watch in that second half. Um, standing, I was just watching on my phone as I said, standing outside the theater, and it was a little bit frustrating. You know, we get a goal and they get a goal or two, and I think they had three goals on the bounce at one point and got it down to thirty points. But it still never felt like they were going to get a roll on. It just felt like we were we had you know taken that foot off the pedal a little bit, and and that was just. They, they were getting their little run, but you just you didn't see them as it wasn't an overwhelming run. They weren't actually overwhelming us. It was just a just a little part of the game where we just take we're off the boil a little bit, and but we were just able to get goals back. And we essentially from that point on, the story of the game from after we got up by forty eight points was, you know, they kick a couple of goals, but then we get a goal or two, then they get a goal back, and it just bounced basically between thirty points and forty five fifty points for the rest of the game, and then we end up winning by uh, forty points. Uh, on the dot uh, by the end of the game with a, uh, uh, I think it was a goal, it was a goal right at the end there. And even that, that was a free kick. And you kind of see, um, and that's an interesting thing to point out, just to kind of highlight the West Coast positive mindset into in a game that they were never really going to win. Um, I think when that free kick's given away right at the end for the goal, you see like three or four of the West Coast defenders throw their arms up like in frustration, like they were competing right to the end. And I think that's a point to point to bring to the people here um that there was a competitive nature from west coast in this game that um was a part of the story of the game um that you know maybe they you know they just certainly didn't have i mean geelong really smashed him last week on adelaide oval and and you know it would be nice to have that result but uh without having watched that game i don't know how competitive they were there um but they certainly brought it this week and maybe maybe just haven't played in adelaide oval two weeks in a row now they've got they've got you know they were a little bit more comfortable already on the deck there, so you know, there was there's a, a storyline of the game that, and it's not making any excuses. I'd like to see Port have the ability to counteract the pressure and whatever West Coast can bring, and still win by more. But we're also not at that point either. I think we're still in in um, an unfinished product, and whether that product gets finished by the end of the year is just the story that you know it's the question every AFL fan is asking about their team until whatever their season ends, as far as a competitive product um, with you know eyes on a finals tilt so what rare products at exactly at the moment is still the question to be asked um but you know to win a game where the control of the game is more or less yours the whole way through uh whether you're not you know you're not winning by 60 or 70 but the, the control of the game is yours and you are never really going to lose it and that's there's some degree of our team is good in there we just don't know where it's at and you know i'll talk about st gilda in 10 15 minutes here like i said this is going to be a quick one because i just haven't had much time for preparing this week but um you know where our team's at again we will find out a lot tonight and uh, next week as well but there's some degree we're some degree of good <laughs> and this game kind of doesn't give you any straight answers or strong supports for that statement of being really good or but you know you're winning by 40 points against a team you should beat and you're controlling the game and you're controlling the narrative of the game more or less um despite the other team the opposing team in the West Coast Eagles being um, reasonably competitive in the contest despite their undermanned status and just underskilled by comparison to our squad. So that's kind of the story of the game, um, more or less summed up there. I'll get into it. Um, oh, God, excuse me. That was a sniffle I wasn't expecting to be so loud. Um, but we'll uh, get into uh, just a couple of elements. I wanted to highlight a couple of the player roles here and then I'll have a quick look at the stats. Alrighty, first of all, the one, I mean, obviously, to start off with, uh, it's really fun to highlight uh, Ollie Lord's first game. 
goal scoring impact you know not quite there uh you know he, he snaps one early uh, which was a really good early um example of his kind of agility at the ground ball and and kind of quickness of you know his quickness of feet and hands considering his um very very well sized forward uh you know he snaps that one you know just you know when dropping under the ball that quick you know he shanked it shanked it wide for out in the fall but you know so it's only a matter of you know small margins that could have been snapped straight through the middle he gets off the board with a goal like that and then marks went out in front um you know, an unfortunate miss, a shank, uh, whether it's just the, the, a little bit of pressure in that moment trying to get his first goal. Uh, you know, that, that, that is a legitimate miss, but, uh, you know, I, yeah, it's, it's such, ironically, it's such a bad miss that I don't, I sit there and just go, that's just a, that's just, he was thinking, there was an overthinking the moment, uh, you know, ball drop went wrong, you know, stride went wrong, walk up, run up, whatever. It's so bad that I don't actually put too much stock into that because then, you see his first goal of the game finally um, when he and a really good uh, by the way really good uh, pick out by Jeremy Finlayson who certainly at that point I think he's he's on about the fifty he could have run a little bit more and taken the goal himself but he eyes down saw the saw the saw the lead uh, and and watched it in and a really good lead from Lord too it was really good to see him and Finlayson at times in this game leading into space and finally so you know good forward craft in that of just, you know, kind of, you know, working your defender and leading into space. And and funnily enough, it's, it's I guess it's a, you know, Lord being, well, he hadn't dealt with the shot clock thing much before. Um, you know, he, he gets called to play on and but just, you know, comfortably slots it still uh, and really good booming kick. So that's always, it's good to see. And what I liked about Lord's game is he didn't look overawed by the occasion, apart from maybe that shank of a kick. He was attack he was a real good attacking for defensive you know defensive forward you know at one point he kind of gets he's behind his defender but he he spoils from behind and it ends up in a goal he uh he handballs quick off to Rosie ends up in a goal you know there's multiple moments where his forward craft wasn't just about you know being the tall guy and clunking marks it was um the stuff that we like about Dixon as well loves the contest wasn't wasn't afraid to take a few licks and stuff like that um, in, in getting in and amongst it. And, and, and he created uh, a couple of goals out of that, you know, beyond his own scoreboard impact, which he would have, you know, he as a tall key forward, he would have liked to have been, you know, two or three goals rather than one, considering the opportunities. But his, his impact beyond that on the structure and, and kind of being competitive and getting the ball to ground if he if he couldn't um, get the mark. And like I said, coming from behind your defender when the defender's probably more just thinking, oh, I've got him in front, he's, it's my ball now. He reaches around with it, and again, great, you know, he's got good good uh, wingspan and all that stuff. He's able to get the spoil in and, and make an impact, and, and that directly results in a goal, and you see the player, he's high-fiving, and they're celebrating with him as well. They, they recognize the impact, and, you know, his ground ball stuff was surprisingly good. I'm Like I said, I, I, being over here, I, can't, I just don't have access to watch much um, uh, Sandful, but... You know, I've been hearing, seeing the reports that you know people have been, you know, pushing for him to, pushing for him to get the uh, opportunity, and I think he's he's, um, you know, obviously we'll talk about the selections for the St Kilda game quickly in a bit, but you know he's back in the side, which is you know you could say partly is is very necessary now with the uh, sudden sudden swathe of injuries to our uh, kind of like that kind of position player. Uh, but he, earned, I think he earned, regardless of whether you know Marshall and Georgiades were available or not this week. I think he'd earned his right to have another game um, at the senior level because I was I was really impressed with a lot of what he did around uh, beyond his goal kicking. 
um, kind of how we looked at home. Um, didn't look overawed by the occasion and looked at home and, and really had a um, tangible impact on the forward line and how and kind of ha- our ability to score goals in different in different ways. So really impressed with what uh, Ollie Lord did um, in his debut and um, hoping that you know in a game that now comes against a, a more uh, steely opposition, uh, what what he can do in a in a game with under the Friday night lights and uh, against a re- really um, early early good opponent of a, the 2023 season. Um, Connor Rosie, <laughs> I mean it's starting to get kind of repetitive now that we we talk about him. But yeah, in his start to the season, uh, he hasn't. I wouldn't say it's been quiet. It's just been we've gotten. I think we've gotten started to get used to this level of performance, which is fantastic. Um, you know, he has twenty nine disposals, a couple of goals, good goals too. That and that dob from fucking fifty meters out. He's starting to, you know, when when he's starting to line up from there, there out. You know, he'd sometimes spray a few of those in the first couple of years, but he's really starting to. He kind of has his radar in um, almost anywhere. It just feels like he's got that confidence in his ability now. Um, and I think that comes, and I've, I've talked about this before, when a player f- knows their role, absolutely, it just filters out to everything else. It's not like, you know, when he was playing that, you know, half-forward role and he was a little bit more, you know, we started, we were talking about, you know, where exactly his position is and kind of his inconsistency coming from not knowing exactly where his position was. You know, he could still kick those goals, but occasionally it just felt like he didn't know exactly where to be. And, and now, you know, he just has this... The trust he's kind of been given the reins a little bit, obviously, uh, as as a leader of this side in the midfield and in the battle there, and and you can kind of see just that confidence oozing into other aspects of his game, and it's kind of his games is rounding out now because he knows that the trust is in him as one of the future leaders of this guy. Well, he's a leader of the club um, uh, on the field now, uh, but you know they're trusting him with the reins a little bit going forward here as well, alongside the likes of Zaki Butters and Co. and, and Willem Drew, I'll um, give a shout-out to in a moment as well. But his slickness of hands, his slickness of foot, uh, is just it's just there. It's just, he's, His game is just so beautiful to watch now. And he's always been a beautiful player to watch just then. But he's, even his slickness of feet, uh, there was a couple of times in that kind of forward 50 area or just outside where he, he kind of, you know, he just holds the ball in a way. And, and you can see... Defenders are trying to tackle him, but he just is he's quick of feet and, and he's gotten to that point, kinda of like some players, some of the greats of our game, where players are almost trying to anticipate his next movement and his next movement isn't exactly what they anticipate because of how, you know, dancy his feet are. They can't they don't just commit to the tackle and it actually ultimately gives him the room to be able to dance around and get a kick in rather than um and you know, sometimes that's to his detriment, sometimes he does get caught, but you trust your players, and it's kind of like you know Robbie Gray in the day. Like he just he would players see ghosts when they're playing them because they they they're so worried about what they're going to do and and the, and the ways they can impact you and hurt you with um their you know whether it be by feet by foot um you know by feet by foot that's the same thing by feet or by hand is what I was trying to say. <laughs> um, you know his his game's just at that level now, and, and he's still got a ways to grow too. That's the scary thing. Um, but you know, after he had a couple of quiet weeks earlier in the season, but still, I mean, when I say quiet. I was like, he's still getting twenty odd disposals. But you know, he's still now he's getting into that twenty-five to thirty disposal range, dobbing in with a couple of goals. I uh, got the perfect ten in the coaches' votes this week as well, um, which just kind of shows just how you know he was highly effective. You know, there's been a discussion point I've seen at times um, in the last couple of weeks about how disposal numbers no longer a you know a great indication of because you know some of the elite players in our competition can rack up the disposals a lot easier than maybe you could 
you know, 20 years ago and the, the way the AFL was played. But, you know, he, he was highly effective in his 29 disposals and, and, and really is kind of becoming the straw that stirs the drink a lot in, as far as if he's getting that, those kind of numbers, then, you know, Porter are probably going to have a pretty good game. Um, and that's that's a testament to where he's at in his footy and, and he's still so young and he's got so much more to go. No, it wasn't exactly... <laughs> Willem Drew is um, I, I keep meaning to make mention of him, but he's kind of like he's kind of the quiet achiever, and he uh, sometimes I have him in my notes, and then I, I just for some reason skip over it because I'm not really good at reading my notes as I'm going. Um, but I made sure to make a real point of putting him in here this week. Um, he had 25 disposals, got a goal, but just his I was going to say Connor Rosie's like the straw that stirs the drink. Is Willem Drew the cup that holds it all together? I that's probably not a good. Good analogy, but well, fuck it, we'll go with it. It's my podcast, whatever. Um, he's just he's so, he quietly goes about his business, um, and and that's why I've, okay, occasionally I just you forget, and I feel bad that I do because I, I actually rate him highly and I have for a long time. Um, but he really is his his ability that, that you need that player. He's the lockdown. He gets in and gets in amongst the contest. Does a lot of the dirty work. Um, you know, it, it was no no greater, um, and I, I hate that I didn't mention it last week, but I'm going to mention it this week, the way he, he really, you know, Bonampelli was threatening to open the game on us last week um, in that wet weather, and, you know, kind of Drew took it upon himself to to play the role of just, you know, it's not like he's tagging him completely out of the game, but he's just making life tough on him, and, he, and he's making it so Bonampelli can't just be the straw that stirs the straw. I'm going to stop with the fucking, and that, those... Uh, cliches and, and <laughs> um, but you know he he made an impact on the game and he's able to get his own ball and 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 make an impact beyond just locking down on the other player he's he's getting he's getting a lot of the ball and making he had a great kick in I think I'm pretty sure it was Drew and I'm and apologies if I'm actually misplacing the player but I remember a redhead and there's not too many of those getting around <laughs> on the field um, just re- making a real eyes down pass into Finlayson um, for one of his goals as well so. You know, beyond all the things that we look at with Drew, as far as his his tenacity and his ability to uh, to disrupt the opposition and what they're doing in the engine room, he gets a bit of his own ball and makes an impact going forward for us as well. So there's a, there's a lot to his game to love. It's just nothing. You know, you, he's not like Connor Rosie, and he's really like attractive in that sense, or he's not. You know, it's just he's just got all these little little parts of his game, and being part of that draft class as well, it just it just kind of shows um, kind of how you know, he's kind of the forgotten one in that sense, but uh, he's he's just really his games just come on leaps and bounds, and um, and I'm just really just really impressed with him. I think, and the other thing is, I think he's quietly become one of the undroppables in our side at the moment. Like, there's a lot of players that you know you kind of go, oh, is is the is he? Uh, you know where 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 does his you know if this guy comes in the balance happens here you know if we're bringing this guy in is he, is this the one to drop even though he don't maybe he doesn't deserve to be dropped does he affect the balance but I think beyond Willem Drew's kind of gone beyond that station now he's actually become so key to what we're doing that he's regardless of what's going on around the rest of the list management and 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 selection decisions he's just one of those names on the board now you know like. You know, I'm trying to think of you know Rosie's obviously, but you've got those other players that you know just are quietly around the field. You're, um, I think Ryan Burton became one of those last year. I know he's he's been up and down, but I think you know there's, go, there's just guys that that are, that are the quiet ones that you don't think about all the time, but but that are just first on the team sheet. Um, 
you know, your Rosies and your Aliyas and your and your Dixons are obvious, but there's those quite there's guys in between that you don't realise, but are just absolutely key and fundamental to what we're doing, and they're just they're on the team sheet straight away. And Willem Drew's just put himself into that. You know, you know Sam Powell Pepper as well, although he's still more high profile. I think um, you know real kind of cult hero kind of guy um, in our side as well. So I just yeah, I'm really impressed with what Willem Drew's doing, and like I said, he's he's. You know, one of the first on the team sheet for me beyond those star players, he's he's there. He's he's got that spot now, I think, at the moment, and um, and is incredibly key to what we're doing. Obviously, just got to give, give a quick shout out to uh, Jeremy Finlayson as well. Five goals, um, considering his role in our team is not always just that forward. And you know, he's he's got a role that is um, depending on the week. You know, him and Dixon are taking a lot of the taking a lot of the ruck um, and certainly with Finlayson and his ability kind of you know ground ball and just his, his ability to be a bit of a follower when he, he plays that ruck role you know he's there's a lot going on with his game that doesn't always lend himself to being the key forward in a game and, and leading out from the, the goal square and all that kind of stuff but he kind of got that role this week and uh, and made it count you know five goals one uh, I think it was four goals straight at one point but um He's, uh, you know, I know early in his time at Port, there was he missed a few one that were expecting, but you could just see. I mean, obviously, I'm not even going to touch on the uh, personal stuff, but I'm always thinking of the family there. But you know, just he was getting used to a new team and a new role, and but now you can just see he's comfortable on the side. He's, you know, he's got his mates there. He's, he's just he's a part of the side now. And um, again, like Rosie, it's just. Um, uh, yeah, Rosie, I know it's Rosie, but anyway, um, just the pronunciation thing. I, I mess up sometimes. I'm, I'm just an idiot. Um, but you know, you kind of like Rosie. He, uh, when the role becomes comfortable and you know where you are and you're comfortable on the side and all that stuff, everything else just comes together. Yes, you're not thinking. Th- you're, you're letting your natural instinct and your natural abilities and and your calmness take over the goal kicking a little bit more. In, in Finlayson's case, you know, and uh, you know whether it be the ones that are dead in front or if he's, he's around the body kicks, uh, um, you know, technique is really sound. It's still, I, you know, it's, it's again, being someone that's 35 now, watching AFL growing up, you know, there's around the body thing that's happening happening over the last few years. Um, and it's happening to all, all sides are doing. It must be something that, you know, there's something people have figured out that it is a high percentage kick. Um, and I, I, I can understand, I can get it to a certain extent it just still is new to me and it, and it worries me sometimes but you know he he kicked that one against Sydney that ultimately ended up being the winning kick um and then he you know kicks one from 40 40 odd out on around the body and comfortably clears as well um and the technique is sound so I really appreciate what he's able to bring to that forward line when he's given that role and he's going to be given the ruck role a bit but um going forward obviously with him and Dixon just being quite competent in that role and our, our, ruck, our ruck situation still being a little bit in flux. Um, obviously, Bryn Teagle's back in this week and um, not Matt. Bryn just still, you know, is, is you can see he just still needs to hone his craft at the top level and hopefully last week was a bit of a lesson and, and this week certainly is going to be a big test for what Bryn, where Bryn's actually at. But, you know, beyond that, at least he's got guys like Finlayson and Dixon around, but it'd be great to see Finlayson and Dixon um, get a lot more of that forward kind of role because you can see just how well that forward line functions when um, those guys are kicking snags. So, all right, we'll just finish off by running through a few of the stats. It's not there's not anything crazy in here, although I think there is probably a couple of stats that 
um, highlight just the tenacity of West Coast in this game. But um, I mean, disposals they were plus uh, plus thirty eight for the game, so they they had their hands on the ball a bit, um, and certainly and disposal efficiency overall was actually. For a game that was, I think it was 23, 24 degrees, sunny, um, good conditions uh, as far as for disposal efficiency. Uh, both teams were right. I mean, West Coast disposal efficiency average for the year is actually 74%, which is pretty good. Ours is 71, but we had 73 for the game. They had 74, um, plus plus some um, change there. So, you know, overall disposal efficiency from both sides, fairly fairly even. Um, efficiency inside 50 was a key stat for us. We were over 50%, whereas our um, 41.7%. Uh, both teams are running at 50 this year, so you know they they were just lacking in efficiency there, which um, shows that beyond a few of those, you know, like I said, I mentioned those free kicks earlier and whatever, we were largely trying to were largely disrupting what they were trying to do with their limited kind of you know stock in the you know stock in the stables to be able to do so. Um, stoppages again, just tail of our season. We're just getting beaten in the hitouts every week. Um, and once again against a side that West Coast side that is undermanned, we still lost the hit out battle. So uh, 42 to 40 and clearances 42 to 41 um, their way. So again, our, our ability, you know, some weeks we're winning the clearance battle, but it's it's close and it's you know it's, it's really our ability just to, uh, inability to win the hit out battle um, and have a dominant advantage there or even just an advantage is. Um, a problem is going to be a problem going forward if we don't start finding a way through it. Um, if Lice, either it's Lysett finding his form again or, or Bryn, you know, Tickle getting better or we just have to, you know, rely on Dixon and Finlayson who battled well but are still not going to end up with a decisive advantage against the key rucks in the competition. So that's just going to be something that's going to be happening going forward. Well, contested possessions was an interesting one as well. We were only plus two. Which just more shows, I think, that West Coast, you know, with all their issues with their, under, you know, injuries and whatever else, they're, they're really trying to battle, you know, bring the game down to kind of their level. So, you know, those were the kind of the key ones. Um, beyond that, it's just a game that we, you know, we we led, you know, apart from, oh, they, yeah, sorry, the West Coast lead, uh, they led for two minutes and 33 uh, minutes of the match, which obviously was their one point they had to start the game. Uh, beyond that, we we led the whole way through. It was basically pillar to post, apart from that one point. So, you know, it's a game that doesn't, um, you know, stats don't really, they kind of tell some of the story. And but it's, it's you have to mi- mix the the stats with the eye test that you saw in the day. And like this, what I saw in the day was a West Coast team trying to trying to battle as hard as they could, but our team also knowing that the game was all, always dictated by where our gears were and we barely had to get to top gear to, to get the game got one reasonably comfortably still so that's basically it that's the story of a game that you know is going to be forgettable in the long run but um you know some good performances and certainly i'm really happy with ollie lord's debut um and really excited to see how he backs that up so we'll get into we'll just talk about st kilda five five or so minutes here and uh, and wrap it up like i said quick one today which is um unlike me but it's still i'm still going over half an hour so uh, i don't know Time is a flat circle, uh, ladies and gentlemen. Alrighty, so St Kilda game uh, happening in just a, I think it's about uh, 13 hours from now. Um, I'm recording this at almost 1, th- this is about 1.30 in the afternoon on Thursday here in Los Angeles, and I think the game starts about 2.50 uh, p.m. Uh, p.m. a.m. here in the morning, so it's going to be an interesting night for me with the that late late uh, late first bounce or early, whatever, whatever you're a... Uh, uh, idea of that time is as far as if you're an early riser or whatever but um i don't know i'll probably get a couple of hours sleep before that um 
But uh, yeah, the changes have had to be rung for our Port Adelaide side this week with a few key injuries, or whether it be well injuries um, or suspensions, obviously with. Uh, Tom Jonas getting a one-week sanction for his uh, his um, election to bump, um, which is just it's fun. The the verbiage used these days in the tribunal is always interesting. But um, yeah, he I don't think any of us were surprised with that with the way the game's being adjudicated at the moment. Although you know who knows sometimes. Uh, so he was he's out with obviously a suspension, um, so he gets another week off uh, after being out with a. Was it grumbly knee? I think was the official term from Port a couple of weeks ago with Jonas. Uh, Marshall obviously out with the concussion. Hopefully that's not anything too serious. Um, but obviously he did look at it and he was very wobbly after smashing his face into the back of um, his defensive opponent last week. And then Farrell's out with I think it was a knee. Um, and who's a oh no Farrell's a cheekbone fracture. I don't know why I thought it was a knee. Um, so that's a. You know, Farrell obviously hasn't probably been quite at the form that we hope out of him, but he's he's a handy player. And he, you know, his his kicking is um, needless to say is elite. So, you know, a couple of key key outs there, and hopefully nothing too serious on their their ends, and they can be back within the mix uh, uh, soon enough. But obviously, as I said earlier when I was talking about the game from last week, it means Ollie Lord, who I think deserves to keep his keep his spot anyway has kept it, um, but it would have been interesting if Dixon's coming back in, what we would have done, because it probably would have been, unfortunately, Lord was probably the one to go out if we didn't have Marshall going out as well, So, but I think it's a deserved spot regardless, and I'm glad to see him stay in the side, and it'll be interesting to see how we, he mixes it up, considering he kind of played a little bit of that Dixon role in last week, and just being that physical um, uh, forward, but you know, he's just a little bit more agile with his age and, and, and youthfulness. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how that forward line mixes up with Dixon in there with with Lord, um, and I certainly expect Dixon to probably take a bit more of the ruck as well this week and um, help shoulder the load from Tickle, who retains his spot as well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see kind of, uh, particularly the def- defense is where we're um, we'll get a real test this week against its side in St Kilda who are playing some really good footy. Um, you know we've got uh, you know again I think undersized is just the story of our defense this year and Jace Burgoyne coming in as well as the other one coming into the side. Uh, it'll be interesting to see how his role kind of plays down there. I'm, I'm interested to see how the the defense holds up um, with Bergwijn in there because it certainly is undersized, a lot of pace there um, to work with, and and some good good skills down there. But it'll just be the just the matchups as far as the when it's when it's coming in one on one and the size and all that stuff will be interesting. Obviously, I, I've I've mentioned before I like the mix of McKenzie and Aaliyah down there. It's surprising that we still don't. Cleary's still not get not getting a shot. Uh, I would. I just assumed Clazer would be in this week, unless I'm. I've missed something about injury. Like I said, I haven't been a busy week, so I haven't kept abreast of the news of the injury report as well as I, w- I should have. But um, you know, it's an interesting defensive mix for me. Um, it makes me a little bit nervous. <laughs> no, I'm not going to lie, but I also like um, if again. Our defensive structure so much comes down to our ability to control the ball in the middle and and not allow the easy transitions from defense to get over to get overwhelmed so that there's an open forward line for St Kilda to get into. You know that's it's no secret the way we kind of try to structure this stuff. Um, it's not you know we like to have those agile guys and Aaliyah able to roam a little bit and whether it be defensive swallow intercept mark, you know, and then have the guys that can bring it out. So. It's going to be an interesting one. Um, I'm really excited to see how the forward line goes with Dixon and you know Lord and Finlayson in there, and and you know Dixon's been in decent form to start the year, apart from that knee. Um, 
you know, he was kicking, I think, kicked three goals a game for the first three games. Uh, what he's kicked since, I'm not exactly remembering right now, but, you know, Dixon really has been a fundamental part of that forward line in the early season running, and, you know, his role, whether it be in the forward line or, or rucking, is a, is a real important part of how we've played early this year, so um, seeing him in there with Lord will be great. And, you know, Finlayson, again, his role, um, you know, whether he takes a few ruck, a few more ruck hitouts, um, you know, and him and Dixon kind of switch off a little bit, uh, and, you know, we know that they, they move up the ground a little bit depending on how the game's going. So, you know, Tickle, uh it'll be interesting to see how he goes in the battle against uh, the, <laughs> the you know, his his craft, as I mentioned uh, briefly um, in the when I was talking about the West Coast game earlier, kind of his craft is something that is still uh, developing and, and, and is an unfinished product. Going to get a big test going up against the likes of Rowan Marshall and Co. Uh, in that Les St. Gilda side. So it's going to be, again, a more a story about, I think, a, like I said, I hope I see Dixon seek, take a little bit more of it and just shake it up a little bit for the opposition as much as anything as well as us um, and Finlayson as well. But it's going to be one of those games, again, where we're not going to be we're highly unlikely to be having any advantage in the hit-out battle. So it'll be about our midfield getting, you know, taking taking the opportunity to... We're going to need the pressure as well as the ability to try and um, snag a few off of their hands and, and get it forward. Overall, it's a massive test. It's um, Friday Night Footy away against St Kilda. Against the St Kilda side that started the season really well. Um, obviously, they're in the early stages of the... Uh, Ross Lyon kind of kind of error again, which we know Ross Lyon teams are always pretty good to start off with, and then um, yeah, <laughs> he usually ends up fired. Um, but no, who knows how they'll go this time? It's um, but uh, yeah, they're, they're they're a really good side, and and we're gonna need to. It's gonna be pressure, right? and that's my thing, and that's where I'm. I, you know, we've had some games this year where we really brought the pressure and, and looked really good in the contest, and then we've had some games where it was pretty, honestly, pretty embarrassing. Um, and this is the kind of side that could be a danger as far as their ability um, in the contested ball and all that stuff uh, versus ours. So it's we're going to have to, the mindset's going to have to be right for this one. I I know anyone that follows the Instagram stuff has seen that I've been doing a tips thing with um, Port Adelaide Memes, shout out Port Adelaide Memes, and, and a few others where we tip the result of the port match, then we pick a guarantee and pick an underdog. Uh, I did pick St. Kilda in this game. This is a hedging bets thing, because I'll be happy. I'll be happier if we win, obviously. I'm, I don't care about my tip when it comes to Port Adelaide. Um, it was a hedging bets thing. I do this a lot sometimes. It's just stupid. It's like betting against your team in the Super Bowl or whatever. You know, you, you put a bet on and um, you win some money if your team loses, so it helps soothe the pain, I guess. I don't know. I, don't, I did want to pick us as the underdog and kind of hedge, but, but that was vetoed in the in the, in the the group there. So um, that was my hope that I'd be able to do that and kind of hedge bets. It means I wasn't going to get a great scoring week, but I'd at least be safe either way. But that was vetoed. So just know I had put, picked in a way if I could. But with picking St. Kilda, it means... I'm hoping I'm reverse jinxing or something. I don't know. I just I think St Kilda are obviously the better team in the early running of the season, um, and we've we've got to have a little bit of a shake up with the injuries and whatnot, and you know losing Marshall, who you know Marshall hasn't quite hit where he was last year, but when he gets his hands on the ball, I still trust his kick really. He's his his ability to still kick goals at the moment. I think is great. Um, so 
you know, it'll be interesting to see how the forward line shakes up from there and, and all those things. There's just a few things that I'm, I'm worried about aside with the injuries and all that stuff um, and their inability to get control in the middle as far as the ruck goes and, and, and obviously the under, the defense being a little undersized as well. There, there are issues that I'm worried about, but I do believe we can go there and if we can kind of sim- in a similar vein to the Sydney game where we defended some of their tall forwards really well despite the, um, despite the issues we're having, and we were able to kind of bring the game down to our level a little bit as far as and great pressure, which is what we're going to need. Um, you know, Sydney, we we'd been embarrassed in the contested possessions across the last the weeks preceding that game against Collingwood and, and Adelaide, but we we upped the pressure and up there and up our contest and and were able to make it that Sydney game uh, something we weren't quite expecting. Um, so that's kind of the what I'm hoping for in this game as well. And we went over to St Kilda I think a couple of years ago quite undermanned. Um, and had one of the greatest, the real great wins under the, in the Ken Hinckley era um, in that game where we, we were severely undermanned. I think it was a game that, like, you know, it was gray was missed. It was, we just, we didn't really have a small forward. And I think it was, like, you know, just one of those games that we won out of sheer desperation and, and you know, passion for the contest and all that stuff. And it's going to be a similar thing needed here. Not that we were as undermanned as we were then, um, but we, we are dealing with some structural changes and, and got you know, four structural changes based on guys that are in out, out of the side or under under form, uh, such as, you know, Lysett playing in the Sandful again is a, just a form thing. It's not like we, we'd love to have the Lysett of a couple of years in there, but unfortunately he's not there. So there's all these changes that have been forced and um, coming into a side playing pretty good footy in St Kilda, uh, you know, and St Kilda haven't, you know, they, you know, didn't strike, they had to, they didn't win, smash Carlton last week, and Carlton uh, have had a good start to the season, but had an indifferent cut last couple of weeks, and obviously all the questions, classic Carlton questions being asked. Um, the first game of the season, they had a close, well, they beat Free, Fremantle, um, but not by a lot, and, you know, Frio haven't proven to be the side of last year yet either, so they're, Zangit are a good team, and they've had some good wins, um, a close close loss against Collingwood um, last, you know, in the gather round match as well, so, you know, St Kilda have got had a good start to the season but they're you know they're there for the taking a little bit I think as well so it's there there's a path to victory there it's just I am quite nervous and it's going to come down to the contest the control in the middle a little bit and all that stuff and all those things that we know that when when we do those kind of fundamentals right then we're we're right in the contest and anything can happen but it's it's how we turn up is always the question so yeah I'm nervous. Uh, like I said, I, I hedged my bets in the in that little tipping thing going on on Instagram at the moment with a couple of the a couple of the people there, um, which is just me, um, my stupid stu- superstitions and all that stuff. But um, I do, I will be obviously getting up and and absolutely rip roaring, hoping for a win. Um, and I and I, I do see the path to victory there. It's just going to be going to have to bring the best footy and all those cliches, you know. So anyway, thank you for listening as always, and uh, as always, count the pair.